We are Newsong, a Foursquare church in beautiful Colorado Springs. We love Jesus. We love each other. We are family. If you have any questions or prayer requests, you can always visit us simply by going to newsongcs.com. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. We're beginning a collection of talks today about unwrapping Christmas. Now, isn't that just make you smile just to say that, unwrapping Christmas? There are so many gifts that God has given us, so many things that we can be thankful for. Uh, and we're going to talk about a few of them. I want you to just yell out a couple of things you think right now. What, what are some gifts that God has given us. Um, I'm going to tell you one right now, love. That's what I'm going to talk about today. But go ahead and just, what, what's another gift from God? Joy, deliverance, oh, health, salvation, peace, forgiveness, the word, long-suffering, Holy Spirit, mercy, joy, grace, each other. Each other. Go ahead. I'm not going to repeat them now. Just shout them out. Amen. Amen. We could literally probably, this is the easiest question. Isn't, isn't that like when a pastor or a preacher or talk someone up in front asks a question, usually you just freeze like, oh, I, don't, I can't think of anything. All of a sudden I'm blank. But this is something we can all think of something to, to be thankful for. Uh, gifts from God, there are so many. And um, we couldn't begin to start to say all of them. But um, we're going to go over love, joy, and peace over the next three weeks and then culminate on Christmas Eve with hope. We're going to light a candle. It's not going to be one candle. It's going to be all of our candles of hope. It's going to be beautiful. When I think of gifts, I need to mention there are some words I don't like to hear in conjunction with. Uh, gifts with presents, especially Christmas Eve. That's three words. Um, batteries not included. No, I can I can I can handle those three words because I can go to Walgreens. I can get batteries and you put them in and then it works, right? But then there are three words and um, probably Bob wouldn't deal with this. This you wouldn't mind this book when it says some assembly required. That gets gives me anxiety. That makes me nervous. That makes me worried. I've spent many a Christmas Eves into Christmas Day working on a basketball rim with the, the all the stuff and the bicycle and the ping pong table and I and it always seems to be the same in that um, I'll be working on it and then the next day someone will have to help me. Um, tighten something or fix something or make it right because I didn't I didn't do it right the first time. Um, something needs tightening, something needs fixing. Um, it's still a work in progress when I'm done with it. And um, it's much like us because we're born into a world of sin. And you might be a sweet guy. Pastor Chappie. But we are still a work in progress. Some assembly is required. We need tightening. We need fixing. We need to be made right. And I am thankful as we celebrate it today that Jesus makes us right. He gives us righteousness. We wouldn't have it without him. We would be wrong. He had a plan. 
and he did it, started, began at, not at Christmas, but he began long before that, and that was at the creation. He created the world in six days, and then he set up a series of gifts for us because he knew that we would need some assembly, that we would need to be made right. And so he set up certain things along the way that would help us to navigate where we're going to go next, to help us uh, succeed, to help us win. Because Christians, because Christ followers, because people who believe in God are supposed to win. Amen? A verse that um, you guys have your Bibles open to right now is John chapter 3. And can anyone guess what verse I'm going to? This does not seem like a Christmas verse. This does not seem like, oh, the reason for this season is John 3.16. You see it held up at football games. You see it held up at um, rallies. And usually the person holding it up is not nice. But sometimes they are, which is good. I'm glad for that. But sometimes it's not that way. But this is probably the best Christmas verse we have. Because it tells... Well, what does it say? It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is Christmas. And today I want to entitle our message, Unwrapping Christmas, the Gift of Love. Would you bow your heads? Lord, we just love you today. We thank you for your love for us first. We probably wouldn't love you without the love that you gave us first. We're so thankful for it. We're so thankful for the season that we're in. And it, you know, Lord, and many will find out here how much I just love Christmas. And I'm so thankful for everything about Christmas. And I'm, But most of all, I'm thankful for the reason why we celebrate, and that's because of Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that you would become real to us in a new way today. Um, for all of us who would say, oh, I've heard this before, let us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Please speak something new to us. There's got to be something new you want to say. And I pray and I expect you to use my, my voice to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you remember as a kid opening up presents and getting under the tree and shaking the boxes? My mom uh, would write n uh, numbers on the boxes so you didn't know whose presents were what. And the problem was she would forget, like, her system. <laughs> She's listening, probably, and it's true. She and... Yes, and so it always Sunday or Christmas morning we'd be like, okay, one, okay, who's one? Is one the last being the first present or the one means? Yeah, and it was kind of it was kind of interesting. Um, can you imagine? Um, there was always one gift too that she would give or they would give and they would hide it so that when all the gifts were done, you'd be like <laughs> selfish little American kids, right? Oh, I thought there was this one that I was hoping to get, but I didn't get. Oh, what is that? What's behind? Oh, what, oh, this is a gift for you. This is from Santa. Oh, really? And um, you'd open it and be the thing that you were, the perfect thing you were asking for. Sean 
I don't know where this came from just now, but I just remembered it. Sean Cassidy. His name Sean Cassidy? Is that a guy? And he had a white guitar. Well, I don't know if he played a white guitar, but I got a white guitar from Sean Cassidy. That was one of my favorite gifts. I just thought of that. It, it was. Um, you would never, um, if you found, if there was one gift that you saw that was really big and um, you see it and then you say, you know what, I'm going to just put this one aside and Mom, Dad, do you mind if I just not open this today? I'll open it another day. I'm tired of opening presents. I'm done. I'm just going to sit it to the side. Or better yet, why don't we just go ahead and throw it away because I don't even need it. We would never do that, especially as kids. We'd never do that. But often, often, we may do that with some of the gifts God gives us. Sometimes we might even do that with the gift of love. You'd say, no. Not me. I would never do that. I would never not receive the love God has for me. It's an easy thing. I learned that in first grade. I would never not receive it, but we do. Sometimes you'll notice it in our prayers. We'll pray a prayer like, thank you for this food. Thank you for this day. Uh, keep us traveling. Mercies, O Lord. Yet then we struggle with things in our lives where we're insecure and we're worried and we think we're not significant. We think we can't make it. We can't measure up. And all we have to do is receive God's love and it'll change all of that. It'll make us confident. It'll make us courageous. It'll make us faithful. It'll make us full of peace. It'll make us full well, receiving his love. Of course, it'll make us full of love and full of forgiveness for others. But sometimes we don't receive that gift. And we might say, oh, look at that person. Look at her. She just seems to be called by God. And she does so many great things for God. I just wish I could be like her. Hello, you are too. Look at that man. I just wish I could be like him. God seems to always use him, but he never uses me. Hello, he's trying. He's got this gift of love. And he wants you to use that gift of love to others. When we talk about the gift of love, if it didn't transform, it didn't have the power to transform our lives, it would be a waste of time for me to talk about it today. But I decided to talk about it because it has the ability to completely just mess you up in an awesome way. He can, he can use you when, you when you fully receive his gift of love. Um, God's love is not a portrait. Um, oh. That picture, it's so pretty. God's love, oh, I love it. It's not a statue that you, everybody, you need to come over to my house and see the statue. It's God's love. Oh, it's nice. Or come to the museum. Okay, we'll look at it. And then next month, we'll come back and look at you again because God's love is amazing. It's not an inanimate, it's, it's alive. It's something that calls us to do impossible things. As a church, an easy, an easy mission statement, that's our mission statement, is that we hope that we can do the impossible in our community and in our community here. God's love allows us to do that. God's love exceeds any expectation we could have. I'll read you a scripture in a minute about that. And I think someone even said it today, God's love I think it was um, Rusty, he said, God's love conquers all. And that is exactly true. We're going to read that in a minute. When a person knows they're valued and chosen 
and loved, they act different. They act wonderfully different. I wouldn't usually say that in my normal vernacular, but unless I'm preaching, I want They would act wonderfully different when you know you are loved by God. You know, a small example. When I fell in love with Cynthia in our freshman year of college, everything changed. I knew not only did I love her, I fell in love with her. It was like just this giddy, like love, like calling my parents, oh, I found that she's amazing. I love this girl and uh, I just don't know what I'd do without her. But my confidence soared. My life changed. My significance tripled or quadrupled. My um, wardrobe, if you saw photos, probably didn't get better in that time. That, that, that didn't grow. I think maybe because I was confident I didn't have to dress a certain way, but man, I'm, you should see some of our pictures from college. Was, but but um, my, uh, my, my worth, my self-worth grew leaps and bounds knowing I am loved by this girl that I am in love with. It changes you. It just changes you. It's a small, small idea of what, what, what God, what, what we feel when we know God loves us. I know there's a, there's a movie, Elf, and he says, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. I don't know if you saw that movie, but I remember that quote from the movie. I remember too many quotes from, from, from that movie, I guess. Um, but if you're writing anything down, write this down, or at least in your mind, truly opening the gift of God's love for us will transform our impact on our world. Truly opening the gift of God's love for us will transform our impact on our world. I like to say our community because world sounds so big, but really it can transform our world when you just know, not, not when you learn something more, not when you train to do something better, not when you get uh, so many Bible verses in your heart which will help you, but just knowing God's love will <coughs> cause you to be able to transform the world, transform your workplace, your community, your family. Everything changes. It's a simple gift, God's love, but it's very, very significant. God has given us a gift of called his love, and he wonders why we haven't fully opened it. Opened it. John 10.10 10, uh, is another great Christmas verse that we don't think about at Christmas time. It says this, the thief, the thief, the thief is the Santa Claus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I, here's the good part, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I remember my youth pastor used to say like this, you will have life to the fullest in Jesus. When we have God's love, we live our lives differently to the fullest. John, or Romans 8.37, I want to read that. It's a great one on, on how powerful the, the love of God is. And it says, yet in all of these things, verse 37, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38, for I am completely convinced, persuaded that neither death nor life, 
can keep me from your love. Angels, principalities, powers can't keep me from your love. Things in today, things that from your past, from my past, from your future, nothing or things to come can separate us, nor height, no matter how. Oh, this looks like something I could never overcome. If God loves me, I know that he's going to make sure to pull that thing down, or he's going to make sure that I get up to that height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I bought a birthday gift for someone uh, it's probably happened more than once, but I remember one particular time I bought it and I was excited for them to open it. And I went to the party and they're opening the gifts and um, they didn't open my gift. And I didn't want to make a deal like, open my gift. It's a good one. I want to see because I want everyone to know that I gave it to you. It's going to be good. And they didn't open it and it made me feel sad, kind of, or upset or disappointed. Can you imagine how God feels? With the gift of love, you say, well, I, I, I received the gift of love. Completely, when we receive the gift, when we don't, maybe we opened it, oh, it's love. Well, thank you, God. Like my grandma used to just open it a little and put it to the side and open the neck. I'm like, open the whole gift, right? Can you imagine how God feels when we just, oh, that's nice. I love, thank you. Thank you, God. Oh, I'm so excited. That's God would rather us do that. God wants to, he wants to see his kids overjoyed. He wants to see his kids excited about what he's given them. More importantly, he wants to see us use those gifts. And God has given us a gift that sometimes we don't, we don't use. Instead, we feel sorry for ourselves. We compare. Well, it's not fair because, you know, I've had my job for this long and that guy now he's got my job and this guy's got he didn't even have a job and look how much money he has so we start worrying about well, what are we going to do about that i mean how how are we ever going to take care of that or how they're never going to be healed we feel condemned and these are all the opposite of love we, when we have love, we don't feel condemned. We don't feel sorry for ourselves. We don't worry. We don't compare. We don't assume the worst. We assume the best. I have a gift for you, God says, and it will change your, your situation. Just receive it. Ephesians chapter 2. Going through a lot of verses today. There's a ton of verses on love in the Bible. If we went through them all, we would not make it. But this... This is a, a, a passage that um, could bore a, a teenager until they understand what it's about. Because they start talking at the beginning of it about, uh, at the beginning of Ephesians, about where we could be or where we were or what sin can do in the world. And it can be very depressing. We were at the depths of our life. It was horrible. We're at a place. It's just not a good place. And then it says in which first chapter two, verse two, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the principle of the court of, among the, 
I'll, we're going to go all the way to verse. This gets really depressing here. I'll just read really fast. So the prince of the power of the spirit who works in the sons of disobedience, verse 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. This is not very Christmassy. We're by nature children of wrath. Okay, we know. We're bad just as the others. But, and it's a big but. <laughs> It's dumb. It's so dumb. You do that with youth to get them to wake up. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, which, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead, you were dead in your trespasses, because of love made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up. I gotta say it like that, together, and made us sit together, not in earth, but in heavenly places. Us? How? Because of love in Christ Jesus, verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. In other words, if you know Jesus... He will show you this. This is his gift to us. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift. People, church, friends, family, people, son of Nina. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Listen, for we are his workmanship, cre workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. This is the gift of Christmas. This is the essence of what Christmas is all about. This is why Christmas happened, to raise you from where you were to where you need to be. He knew 8,000 years ago, whenever he created the earth, this is not the end of my creation. I'm going to need to do a little more. I have some gifts to give. I know there's going to be a person like Cynthia who's going to be mean to her husband. No, just kidding. She's not here, so I can say it. And she won't even listen to the message, so I can say anything I want. There's going to be someone like whoever who is going to need my love, and I'm going to reach into the depths of where they're at and drag them, pull them out of it into the heights of heavenly places. I'm going to sit them with me. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But it is the gift from Jesus. It is the gift of Christmas. God created the world. Let there be light. That was never the end of his elaborate plan. Do you know who was also there? when God created the earth. When you read it, you read it and read it and read it over again because you had to do that in college. I don't know if you did it at your school, but who was also there when God said, let there be light, Jesus was there. Jesus was already there. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, which means he's the beginning and he's the end. And I don't know why it shakes me up or breaks me up or makes you feel blessed to know Jesus was there too because God's good enough, right? But there's something, a connection that we have. And the Holy Spirit is in this place today and he's speaking to somebody's heart right now. But there is a connection we have with Jesus. It's nice to know he was there. And let me just unwrap something for you real quick. 
Jesus was there. Jesus loves us. He loved us too, just like God. In fact, did you ever consider that every single day Jesus is thinking about you? Yes, you think about him <laughs> most of the time. But do you know that he's thinking about you all the time? He loves you. He's fallen in love with you. He can't think of anything else but his kids. Do you know that when you read your Bible and you think, well, I'm doing a good thing. I'm reading my Bible. There you go, God. This is for you. Good. Jesus is waiting. You're, you're going to spend time with me right now. He's excited. Jesus forgets everything else and focuses right on us. How could he do that to everyone in the world? I don't know, but he can. And he focuses and he's like, oh, good. He's finally having a devotion time. I want to spend time with you. That's how Jesus feels about us. We think, I don't, I don't know why we think that he does. We don't think about it, but he does. Way more than you love your devotion time, way more than you love spending time with Jesus or you come, love coming to church, Jesus loves it more than you. Out of 8 billion people maybe on the earth, something like that, there's maybe a billion, probably a little less, that actually know Jesus or Christians. Have you ever thought that it wasn't because, Nick, that you... I'm taking on you, but... Have you ever thought that it's not because you found Jesus? Well, I found him. You know, I grew up knowing Jesus. My parents taught him to me. I found him one day. I went to church, and nobody told me to go. I just went. I, I showed up a new song, and uh, I just knew. No, that's not us. Do you know that Jesus is drawing you, drawing you, drawing you, drawing you, saying, come, come, be a part of what it is. Have you ever considered that you're one of the... Why, why would he pick you out of the other seven billion that deserve to know him? Sure, one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. There is no other name above him. But he picked you already. He found you wherever you were because he loves you. Can I remind you as we are unwrapping Christmas, this is central to the holiday Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, and would you turn to Proverbs chapter 8, or you can look on the screen because we turned to, turned to a lot of scriptures today. But Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, of the Trinity, fell in love with you and me way back at creation. I want to read just a little passage for you that sometimes is misunderstood. And I studied it, and I studied it because I didn't want to say something I shouldn't say. I've heard it said many times from many professors, um, but you, you, when you look in commentaries and people that we really respect um, in our denomination, in our uh, kind of uh, way of looking at the Bible, um, they all agree on this. And that when it talks about wisdom in Proverbs, especially in Proverbs chapter 8, or not many, especially, I just know for sure in Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom in this scripture, in this passage, is something else. It's not just wisdom. Someone else is speaking. I want you to see, read this and see if you can hear or you can discern who, who, who this wisdom is. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, 
before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, where there was no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth, while as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, this is talking um, in other places too, as, as wisdom is talking to us. Solomon, or we think, wrote this, and he's talking about wisdom. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, I, capital I, was beside him as a master craftsman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabitant. This is the part I want you to see specifically. World, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. The sons of men are us. His delight is Jesus. Jesus is talking to us. His delight. The very first glimpses, and we're almost finished here today. The very first glimpses of the heart of Jesus for you and me. Wisdom personifies Jesus. More accurately, I guess, Jesus personifies wisdom. Jesus delights in us. Would you humor me just for a minute? And I'm going to tell you how I see the story going down and how it happened. It may be too simplistic. Um, of course, I know from, from theology that this isn't completely accurate, what I'm going to say right now, but you'll get the, uh, the point of what I'm making. And uh, Amanda, you can come up as well. I can imagine the gift of love played out like this months or years before Christmas ever happened before Jesus' birthday, the Father and the Son are talking. Jesus says, the world is waiting for a Messiah. We have spoken through the prophets for thousands of years. We must give them a way to find freedom. We must save them from their sin. I love them too much. I can't bear to see them suffer and be in bondage to the wrong choices. And here we sit on the earth and Father God says, but how will we save them? There's not a person on earth who can do what needs to be done. Father, I'll go. Send me. My heart aches. It's been 400 years of silence since we've spoke between the Old and the New Testament. There was 400 years the people were yearning for a Messiah from what they heard from the prophets. God says back, they won't receive you if you just appear on earth. It's more complex it would have to be someone like them, someone who experiences the same things as them, someone who lives among them. There is nobody who can do what we need. Jesus says, I'm willing, I'll go. I love them too much. I love them so much. Since they were created, I have been watching them and loving them. Since the flood, I have been interceding for them, that they don't fall into the same depravity of their predecessors. 
God says, don't you understand? You'd have to give up your divinity, your royalty, your heavenly position. You'd have to become a helpless baby, a human that has to be cared for, fed. You'd be unprotected. You'd be vulnerable, uncomfortable, unloved, surrounded by sin, surrounded by perversion, surrounded by abominations. You'd be hated. You don't want to go there. You'd be despised, cheated, scorned, made fun of, belittled, tortured, subject to cruelty and unimagined pain, disfigured, crucified. And what we celebrate, the awesome gift this Christmas, that we must not forget is the gift of love. Because Jesus didn't reply, oh, well, never mind, Father. I don't want to do that. I didn't know what I was getting into. <clears throat> he says, if this cup can pass from me, if it doesn't happen, it happen this way, then let it pass. But I love them. I delight in them every day. I have no greater desire than to see them live and come to heaven to live in the mansions. I'm already making for them, God. I'll go. And Jesus, seated in heavenly realms, and as Philippians 2 explains, set aside the privileges of deity, became man, fulfilling the prophecy, Emmanuel, God with us, will come to the earth. He took on the status of a slave, became human, and then stayed human. So that one day you couldn't say, well, Jesus, you don't know where I'm at. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been. You don't know what I've seen. You don't know what I've experienced. You lived in heaven. No, you can't say that because he gave up his special privileges, lived a selfless, obedient life, perfect life, and then died a selfless, obedient, perfect death. The worst kind of death at that is, as the Message Bible says, a crucifixion. This is love, God coming to earth as a baby with the purpose to die for us. Would you stand? I'm going to challenge you with a couple of things, but I want you just to um, take a moment, close your eyes maybe for privacy be thankful today thankful for the gift of love to you you might have received his love before there's more to it do you know I know there's more to his love that I need to receive and I say today God I receive what, what that life transforming love that you want to give me I haven't done what everything you want me to do, and I need your love to do it. I need your love to do the impossible. So thankful for what you did for us. So thankful for the cup and the bread, but more thankful for the actual what, what it represents. We love you today. Before I challenge you, can we sing that uh, 
old chorus that Emmanuel Encourage, challenge, that's my job as a pastor. I like to refer to it always in my life. I've referred to it as a coach. A coach would challenge you. A coach would ask you to do things you don't maybe want to do all the time. A coach would push you forward. And I want to push you this way. Will you unwrap the gift of love and embrace how much he cares for you? No matter how many years you have been a believer, or how little time you've known Jesus that covers everyone in the, in the room, will you allow yourself to realize that you need a new revelation of his love? Because when you allow him to pour his gift of love on you, it changes you. And if you've allowed it in the past, it'll change you again. Not just so that you will go to church three times a month and small group two times a month and bring your Bible to whatever. What, not, not for that. Your gift this Christmas is love. It should transform your attitude. Well, I don't have a bad attitude. You, your attitude could be transformed. You need it transformed. That can turn around your depression that can create in you a boldness to do the impossible for God to see miracles happen. They will come, uh, all you faithful, and we'll change the words on you. <laughs> Unwrapping Christmas is so much deeper, and this is the end here. So much deeper. You know, Christmas is um, poetic, Christmas is beautiful.
and sometimes I'll, I'll probably write a lot more during this time, so just, just stay with me here. So much deeper than the truth lights and a gift card to Kohl's, which is my wife's favorite place to shop. Because truly opening the gift of God's love will transform, I told you earlier, our impact on the world. It gives you life to the fullest. It will bring Emmanuel here. God will truly be and live with us. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for that season. I know that in this season it also brings heartache because of family conflicts, because of um, hectic lives, frantic things, because we're stressed, because we want everything to be just perfect, because this is the only Christmas I get to celebrate this year. So everyone, come on, everyone just behave and let's all be perfect. But we know it doesn't usually turn out that way. And Lord, I pray a blessing on every person here. I pray uh, a blanket of love on their festivities and their heartaches through this time of Christmas. That we would know that even in the midst of our, of our things, our situations, that you can bring stillness, even if it's just moments of stillness. You bring healing where people need to be healed, where they're saying, well, I don't want to celebrate Christmas. This is your opportunity to receive the gift of God's love to heal. That you can bring counsel. If you're up in the air about where you're supposed to live or where you're supposed to stay or where you're supposed to land or where you're supposed to go or what you're supposed to do in a certain situation or choice, God is the wonderful counselor this Christmas to us. And most amazingly, Lord, I thank you that you are Emmanuel, that you are literally, 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 as Reagan says sometimes, you are literally God with us in our situations. Not you didn't send, you didn't send a, a, an advisor or a, a servant. You came yourself. You came yourself because you would, you knew that some assembly was going to be required in our lives. So assemble us, Lord. And I thank you for this assembly. And bless our days, bless our week. Bring us love this week to others. In Jesus' name, amen.